Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And good day, everybody. Welcome. Episode 131 of the Talking Friars podcast. Ben Fadden, your host here. Thank you so much. For listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening, or watching live on YouTube, or watching on replay on YouTube, I appreciate it. Again, you can find social media channels at Talking Fires on Twitter, at Talking Fires on Instagram. I try to get to all your comments, all of your questions, so I appreciate all of that. Uh, today we have a lot to discuss. C.J. Abrams, uh, he played again today. Uh, he's home, He homered in two straight games before entering today. Um Bob Melvin commented on CJ's outfield future and if the Padres might see him moving to the outfield and you know getting some reps there in spring training. So Bob Melvin responded to that question. We'll get to that today. Uh, we got a lot of spring training debuts to get to. New Padre Luke Voigt, first game. That game just ended today, so pretty much a post-game show here. Padres 8-4 to loss to the Rockies here in their what, fourth spring training game of uh, their spring slate. So Luke Voigt made his debut today. We'll get to that. Hugh Darvish made his spring training debut, 2022 spring training debut today. We'll get to that. Chris Paddock, Ryan Weathers pitched yesterday. Nick Martinez pitched yesterday. So a lot to get to there. There was an unexpected coaching staff, uh, I guess, change, if you want to call that, temporary change in terms of the third base coach. So we'll definitely get to that. 
but first, get to our sponsor, Gaglione Brothers Famous Cheesesteaks and Subs, located in Point Loma and Sports Arena, gaglionebros.com. You can visit them. They're the sponsor of this episode. Visit that website to view their locations, the phone numbers. If you have any questions, you can view their entire menu at that website. They're also going to be at Petco Park, just like they have been for years and years and years, down the third baseline, uh, their main stand, uh, and then behind home plate, field level for garlic fries and fries, and then in the upper deck as well for some games as well. So they're the sponsor of this episode. Again, appreciate their support. Appreciate all of your support. Shout out to diehard fans that are tuning in, casual fans that want to get caught up on some things that have happened. Uh, and shout out to even other fans that want to learn more about the Padres. But uh, a lot of news to get to. First, I do want to kind of get to the Matt Williams news, that coaching staff news that I was kind of referencing a little bit earlier. Bob Melvin announced today that Matt Williams is having hip replacement surgery and that Mike Schilt will be filling in as the third base coach uh, through spring training and probably into the season. It, it seems like it'll be one week that Matt Williams will be away from the team and then he, it seems like he'll be back in the dugout but just not be standing you know at third base as the third base coach so obviously we hope that he's doing well but uh, I saw this joke kind of on Twitter today and it definitely works the Padres have more depth in their coaching staff than they do in their outfield right now I mean they have three outfielders listed on the 40-man roster and with this hip replacement for Matt Williams, who's also a former manager and now obviously a third base coach. They have a former manager in Mike Schilt, who I think should still have a job in St. Louis right now if it weren't for, I guess, some differences in their thinking between John Mosellock in the front office and Mike Schilt. I think he should have a job. I think he probably should have had a job anyway, just hired from another team. Um, but he's going to step in now. The Potters have a lot of depth in their coaching staff. They're putting in a former manager who was who was just a, a, like a field roamer. He was just like the special instructor player development guy. And now there's a former manager in Schilt who now can just step in to be the third base coach for another former manager. So that works out well. Obviously, you don't want it to be under these circumstances. So we hope that uh, Matt Williams can get well, uh, you know, in that sense. Uh, but Mike Schilt uh, is now temporarily the third base coach of your San Diego Padres. So that's something that I wanted to touch on. Hopefully Matt well, uh, Williams does get well. Uh, 97.3, the fan uh, named Sam Levitt as their new pre- and post-game host. He ran play-by-play for the AA Sod Poodles, were with the Padres for, I think, one year. That was the year Taylor Trammell was there at the end of the year in 2019. Um, but then now they're with the Diamondbacks organization. Um, so Sam Levitt, pre and post game host, all the best to him. Um, and it'll be, it seems like it's going to be a consistent voice there for 97.3, the fan. They were rotating between Matt Scraby and Chris Ello and Brandon Surprenant pretty much during the whole season last year and last couple seasons. Uh, but it seems like there's going to be a full regular voice now, uh, which is definitely probably a welcome thing for, uh, listeners that do want to listen to the pre and post game show. Did want to touch on that. Um, Jake Cronenworth, just some news and notes before we get to Abrams, before we get to other debuts as well. Jake Cronenworth said this morning on Ben and Woods, uh, Ben and Woods are live, uh, this more or this week, I think. I know they're live today, tomorrow, I think the next day as well. 
from Peoria uh, on the back patio, right by where the players eat and where Bob Melvin has his press conferences. Uh, they're live this week, so Cronenworth joined them this morning and said he'll get into ga- ga- the game probably tomorrow on Tuesday. Uh, he's had like 10 to 12 live at-bats, probably had some more after he spoke with Ben and Woods earlier this morning. Uh, so that's definitely a welcome sight, a welcome you know news for Padres fans, considering that Jake had that adductor uh, injury. I didn't think it was that serious, and obviously it isn't now. Jake feels good, so it's nothing really to worry about. Uh, but obviously with this injury that Jake had, that gave C.J. Abrams more of an opportunity to play some more second base, get in more games consistently while Jake was out this first few games of spring training. And C.J. Abrams has definitely shown off and shown that maybe he can hang in the big leagues come opening day. I still think he's on the outside looking in because obviously you're not going to judge. You, you can't make these you know jump judgments and snap judgments on if C.J. Abrams is ready for the big leagues and be on the opening day roster based on two games where he hit two home runs. They were impressive. He's had impressive games so far. Good, great start to his spring training, but it's way too early to just make these, you know, snap judgments and stuff like that. Um, let's see here. Well, let's get to, we'll, we'll get to, uh, before Abrams, we'll get to the debuts of Chris Paddock and Ryan Weathers. Uh, Chris Paddock went two innings, gave up a home run, uh, yesterday, but it was a flyout. He looked good from what I saw. He looked good from the game I watched. He looked pretty good. The changeup looked pretty good uh, as his outing went on. Uh, Weathers, on the other hand, struggled a little bit. I mean, I mean, just getting back to Paddock for a second here, it was definitely wel- a welcoming sight uh, for to see Paddock kind of bounce back. He's coming off that UCL injury, and so it seems like he's looking good. But again, I don't want to make snap judgments off of one start of two innings. Um, and usually Paddock, he pitched okay at the start of games in his career. It's usually been the middle innings or like as he's gotten deeper where he starts to struggle or he has one really bad inning that implodes on him and then that's where it unravels, that one big bad inning. Uh, I really look to that like Milwaukee Brewers start at home last year where thing it was like a five-run third inning or something where that really unraveled on him. So just things like that. So I'm not going to – take too much from one two-inning appearance from Paddock, but it was good. I'm not going to take anything from that home run. The home run, I mean, it's in Arizona. The ball flies. It's ridiculous how much that ball flies in Arizona, so I'm not going to take too much from that. That was a fly out that barely got out. Nomar Mazzara almost robbed the home run, Uh, so again, not taking too much from that. Changeup looked pretty good. Fastball looked pretty good coming out uh, out of his hand, but Weathers, he gave up two home runs. Uh, I think he pitched two innings, if, I, if I'm if i correct, there uh, yesterday as well. Didn't look as solid. But again, it's early. We are – it is a condensed spring training, obviously. So maybe that's a little bit coming into play here with these pitchers. Obviously, you would have hoped that they'd build up, you know, going in. But the lockout agreement happened so quickly. And all the reports that – those same reports that the players were reading that we were reading – about how there wasn't that much momentum, you know, in the CBA talks and the lockout talks, there just wasn't a whole lot there. But then immediately, all of a sudden, 
you know, agreement looked like it was going to happen and then it happened. And then all of a sudden you report, you can voluntarily report to spring training the very next day and you report to spring training later that weekend, mandatory. So there wasn't a lot of time there to be like, oh, wow, okay, we got to go to spring training here. I would, th- I would think that they were ramping up a little bit, but again, I know that some players probably took a little bit of time off a few weeks because they knew it wasn't, the CBA wasn't going to be resolved. Uh, at least they took that time off right when the lockout started in December because they knew they were in it for the long haul. It, it was going to take a while to get things going. Um, so it's just hard to see. It's hard to evaluate these pitchers on these, these short two-inning starts and all that. Um, so I just wanted to update you on Weathers and Paddock, their two first appearances. Darvish pitched today. We'll get to him. He went longer than what Weathers and Paddock did. Uh, in their first appearances in spring training this year. Nick Martinez also pitched yesterday against minor leaguers, against the Mariners minor leaguers, on some backfields in Peoria at the, at the Peoria Complex. Uh, seems like he pitched two perfect innings, but again, it's against minor leaguers. There was no fans in the stands. You would have liked him to pitch in the actual game, uh, but that's just the way that they went with it there. So that's a little bit of an update there. Uh, one move that I, also one move I wanted to mention the Rockies, who the Padres played earlier today, Ryan McMahon, their infielder, he had an extent. He got an extension with the Colorado Rockies, six years, seventy million dollars. So the Rockies gave Chris Bryant a long, what, seven-year deal, eight hundred eighty-two million, I think, uh, somewhere around there. And then now they give seventy million to Ryan McMahon, who's a pretty good player. He was probably their best player last year. Um, so I guess good for them. Uh, but that was an NLS move that I did want to mention, obviously, because it is, has to do with the Padres and player and team that they're going to play. Uh, but getting to today, getting to you know the U Darvish update, C.J. Abrams update. Um, the lineup today was similar, I think, to the opening day lineup that you might see now with Jake Cronenworth and Austin Nola in the lineup. It was Grisham. In center, Profar in left, Machado at third, Voigt DHing, Hosmer at first, Myers in right, Kim at short, Caratini catching, Abrams at second. So the only big changes, I think, I think you're going to see, obviously, no Tatis, so you're obviously, I think you're going to see Grisham hitting leadoff. I think you're probably going to see Jake hitting second, and then they bring Profar, if he's the left fielder, they bring him down to probably where, like, Caratini was hitting eighth, and they bring, maybe put Nola um, maybe they slide him up one spot and actually, no, I'd probably put Profar ninth where Abrams was hitting and put like Kim hitting eighth where Caratini was hitting today. And then you put Nola slide him up to the seventh spot. But I think in terms of a lot of the players that are playing, that's one, two, three, four, five, six. That's probably what seven of the nine regulars that you'll probably see on opening day uh, in Arizona against the Diamondbacks on April 7th. Um, so that was uh, an interesting lineup, a lineup that I did like to pay attention to today, and I watched uh, that game and that lineup. Um, Darvish's first start was today. We'll get to C.J. Abrams, obviously. Thank you. St- Again, anyone who's you know in this chat here live, feel free. Give your comments on what you think the lineup should look like on opening day. I love having those discussions. Steve Owen here. What's up, Steve? Uh, please don't imagine pro far and left. Well, I mean, right now I have no other choice. Uh, Abrams isn't a left fielder. Don't think they they put him there. We'll get. Uh, I guess we could just get into that right now before I get into Darvish. Um, 
Bob Melvin spoke to the media earlier today, and he said that they have no plans to try C.J. Abrams in the outfield in the immediate future. Um, I think the report, the, the question came from a reporter because Jake was probably coming back tomorrow, it seems like, on Tuesday in a game. So, and they want to give Kim at bats, get him playing time. So it just, it's like, okay, where are you going to put CJ? So that's where the outfield question came into play. And so Bob Mel, I think Bob Melvin came with the viewpoint that he just wanted to keep, he wants to keep CJ comfortable in his first like big, uh, real big league spring training camp where it seems like he's going to be there the whole time. In past years, he's been sent down a couple weeks in, a few weeks in. But with the shortened camp and Tatis out, you slide him in to get that opportunity to be in the spring training camp the whole time when rosters are cut down, whenever that's going to be. I was probably April 5th, April 6th, that day off that they have. Usually that's when they really finalize that roster before they play the Diamondbacks on opening day. Um, but I think... I think they should try to experiment Abrams in the outfield, but maybe that's something that happens later when there's he's had more at-bats, had more time in the infield. If Kim starts playing really well and he's hot at shortstop, maybe then they play Abrams in the outfield a little bit. But I don't think it really hurts to try Abrams in the outfield. It's spring training. These games don't count. So I think putting him out there, I mean, I don't, I don't get why – I don't get what – you know, that would hurt, right? I, I don't get what, you know, keeping him comfortable. I understand where Bob Melvin's coming from with that. But at the same time, if if he has the thought process, already the thought that he's going to have Jake at, at second and Hosmer at first probably, against righties at least, then you're probably going to have Kim at short. So where are you going to put Abrams? You know, if you're calling Abrams up, on opening day, he's on the opening day roster. He's going to start. You don't call him up and waste his service time, start his clock, and have him just sit on the bench. So um, I think they should at least try him in the outfield. I mean, my just big point there is my big question to Bob and the coaching staff would be, what does it hurt to try him there? Um, just get him at bats, however you can get him at bats. Because, let's face it, the outfielders that are playing now, I mean, Nomar Mazzara has, is probably going to be the fifth outfielder, I would think, uh, just because they literally have three outfielders on the roster. Maybe Tommy Pham comes in. That's your third outfielder. Profar maybe counts as an outfielder with Mazzara coming in as uh, another outfielder, five outfielders technically on the roster. Uh, I think that probably could happen. Um, but... In terms of like minor league outfielders that are playing the spring training games now, late in games, like they're not going to have any chance of making the roster. So why not put someone who does have a chance at making the roster if he can hit really well and all that? Why not just give him a chance in the outfield? I don't think it hurts anything. Um, so that was Bob Melvin speaking to the media earlier today, talking about C.J. Abrams and them trying him in the immediate future in the outfield. So again, if you missed that, Melvin said that they have no uh, immediate inclination, let's put it that way, to you know put Abrams in the outfield. Uh, let's see here. So moving to today's game, you Darvish pitched, first spring training start. I logged, uh, for anyone that saw that breakdown on a couple episodes ago about Mackenzie Gore's first spring training start, I had that, I have the clip on YouTube if you want to go watch that, listen to that uh, after I end this episode after this episode's over. Uh, but Darvish, so with the Gore outing, I cut, I clipped 
how many times he hit his spots, how many times he hit Austin Nola's glove where it was supposed to be. Just because I didn't agree with the narrative from all the Padres Twitter that was saying that Mackenzie Gore's command looked really good. He looked good. I think it, there, there was definitely room to improve there. Um, and that was, I guess, an opposite thought of what a lot of fans thought. So I wanted to prove that. And Gore had like 60% of the time he didn't hit his spot. And that's not really what Padres Twitter was uh, talking about. You know, they were thinking that he was really had a great command. Uh, so I did log you Darvish's uh, pitches today. And his line today went three innings, no runs, three hits, no walks, six, six strikeouts. He did hit a batter. But in terms of those hit spots, again, I was generous with Gore. I was generous with Darvish because this is the first spring training start. Um, but according to what I saw, again, he went three innings. So that's one more inning more than Paddock and uh, Weathers went, um, and Gore for that matter. Uh, but So maybe it's a little bit bigger sample size, but 30 out of his 45 pitches were around the area of where Caratini wanted them. So that's 66% of the time that he was pretty much hitting his spots pretty well in his first spring training start. And so that's a little bit higher than where Gore was. Um, so maybe my thought of Gore's command really being, you know, have an area, you know, to improve. I'm not wrong. I, I think that it should improve. But at the same time, maybe I was, uh, maybe his command was a little bit better. Maybe the Padres coaching staff thinks that his command is better than I think. Again, they know more than I do. I'm just a fanalist, pretty much, just watching the game. Uh, so maybe they're not as concerned about I don't want to say, look, I don't want to say like I'm like really concerned about the command, but even the pitches that I saw from Gore, even though he was throwing upper 90s and all that, it's encouraging and all that, and you know, Pitching Ninja th- uh, showed that breaking ball that he had on Pitching Ninja's Twitter account from one of the pitches that Gore threw uh, this past weekend, or Friday. Um, even though look, see, some things looked good, even the strikes that he threw sometimes, they weren't where, the, they weren't where Nola's glove was. And it, when he's, if he comes up to the big leagues and he's facing, you know, the Dodgers uh, lineup with Freddie Freeman and Justin Turner and Mookie Betts and Cody Bellinger and Max Muncy and A.J. Pollock uh, and Will Smith, guys like that. If you still throw strikes but it's not where the catcher wants them, those balls are probably going to get mashed and end up going over Trent Grisham's head. You know, So that's my worry. Um, but again, it's the first spring training start, so maybe I overreacted, uh, but... There's def- I think he'd tell you still that there's room to improve. Obviously, I think everyone, every pitcher that goes would tell you that there's room to improve. Even Darvish would say that there's room to improve. Shoot, he struck out six guys in three innings today, didn't give up a run, didn't walk anyone. But the way that he would say that he would improve is probably with his location, his command early on in the start and be better you know, from the very start uh, in comparison to what he was today, earlier today. And to not hit a batter. So I think pitchers like to criticize themselves a lot and really hone in on the video and all that. And so I feel like that's all I'm doing here. Um, But for Darvish, he looked good. I'm glad. Got to see him really air it out. Uh, Obviously, the six strikeouts, he struck out five in a row at one point. He looked really good. His command was 
pretty good. You know, obviously, like I just mentioned, coming off of, you know, uh, the injuries, the hip injuries and all that, first spring training start, uh, I think he was hitting like 97, something like that. So he looked really, really good. Uh, again, no one cares about the score here. Rockies beat the Padres 8-4, to four, whatever. Uh, Luke Voigt made his Padres debut. Luke Voigt walked in the, his first uh, plate appearance, and then he grounded out to second in his second plate appearance. They were throwing the pitchers, the Colorado pitchers were throwing him a lot of breaking balls. So, and, and they were, they seemed really slow too. So it seems like that's probably how he's going to get attacked because as we've seen from a lot of these highlight videos where he's mashing balls at Yankee Stadium, those are, a lot of them are fastballs that he just unloads on. And major leaguers can hit a fastball, like it's as simple as that. So I think maybe you could see pitchers attack Voigt with the breaking ball a little bit. Uh, Hosmer in that first inning, he hit an absolute bullet, a laser down the right field line, right off the right field wall. Uh, and so that was good. That was a pitch right, uh, you know, in his hot, right, right in his groove spot, if you will. Uh, and there were tweets about uh, Padres Hosmer's hitter, Hosmer haters on Twitter, you know, pretty silent. Yeah, because he just hit a laser. We'd be silent and we'd be, you know praising him if he plays better during the regular season he usually gets off to hot starts at the start of the season i i wouldn't expect anything different it's when you put him in the lineup the whole season and then that's where things have gone south um so that was good uh myers got a sack fly to the warning track which i believe that's where voigt scored in the first they got to a four nothing lead uh but the pitching after darvish uh i mean Emilio Pagan pitched well, so those are the, my two main takeaways from today's game is Darvish pitching really well, Pagan pitching well. Obviously really struggled at the end of last season, was pretty much a uh, home run derby batting practice pitcher, especially to the Dodgers, but he looked pretty good. Um, but Luis, uh, Luis Garcia did not really pitch well, but one worry here, Luis Camposano just doesn't seem like he has it defensively still. Now, again, this is a snap judgment, and I'm overreacting definitely uh, because it's early in spring training. But at the same time, he did have a pass ball uh, when Garcia was pitching that should have been caught, let, uh, put the runner on second, I believe, and then the very next batter had an RBI single that scored that guy, so that run shouldn't even scored at that moment. And then he led a pop-up drop behind him where it was a pop-up, had to turn around, and he was here to come catch it, and then it comes up going behind him. So his defense does need to improve, and that's why probably the Padres, any chance to make the roster, it's going to be as a pinch hit role or a DH role if someone gets hurt. Hopefully that doesn't happen. But I think it's a long shot for him to make the roster. I think you're probably going to see it's going to come down to Caratini, Nola, and Alfaro. I've seen a lot on Twitter people wanting Alfaro over Caratini. Uh, just because of the offense and all that, and I, I could see that. But I'd like to see Alfaro continue that offense like he did in the first game where he hit that opposite field home run. I'd like to see him do that the whole spring because I think I think I'd rather have a good defensive catcher than a good offensive catcher because the catcher is so important defensively, and a cat, bad catcher defensively can literally lose you games. And I'm not saying that a catcher can you know, not strike out in a big spot with a base loaded in the eighth inning, you know, and lose the game that way. But I'd rather have them do that than lose a game that you should have won and you had a lead with 
because you made a mistake that you should have, you know, made. Like, it's hard to hit major league pitching. And I'm not saying it's not hard to catch in the big leagues. I've never done it, obviously. I'd assume, it's hard. I, I, just, I, I would really assume that. But at the same time, I feel like defense is more inexcusable than swinging through fastballs from or swinging through pitches that are going upper 90s or with wicked, wicked break to them. I think defense is more inexcusable there. Um, Steve says Camposano seems pretty much like a trade bait. Yeah, I think probably. But at the same time, I think that with the Luke Voigt injury history, I don't know how smart it would be to trade him when he could probably be your next DH if someone gets hurt and Voigt has to go to first base or if Voigt gets hurt and... um, I mean, Alfaro can, you know, fill in in that spot as well, I guess. But if Camposano's trade bait for someone like, I don't know, um, what, Austin Meadows, I'd probably say no. If it was like Brian Reynolds and that's all the Pirates were asking for, they weren't even asking for C.J. Abrams or Robert Hassel III, I'd be inclined to say yes because Camposano just doesn't seem like he's a real fit defensively at catcher. And the Padres seem like in the future they're going to use that DH position more as a rotational role uh, once Luke Voigt's contract's up. Um, so I think Camp will be trade bait and can be used as trade bait, but not in just any deal. I think it has to be a deal uh, where he's not attached to Gore or attached to uh, Abrams or attached to Hassel. I think it just has to be him and some other guys. For that, for him to really actually be in a trade. Uh, Adrian Martinez also wanted to get to him. Not Nick Martinez, by the way. Anyone that was watching Donna Mudd on the Valley Sports uh, broadcast today, they went the whole inning of Adrian Martinez's uh, appearance talking, like referring to him as Nick Martinez. When Nick Martinez threw yesterday uh, on a backfield, so there was no way he was going to throw back to back days. So they were referring to him. They were talking about how he's drafted by the Rangers and how he had an ERA under two overseas and how he has an opt-out after this year, next year. Uh, yeah, after this year and next year uh, as part of his deal and how he was signed this month uh, in, uh, yeah, earlier this month. They were referring to him as Nick Martinez when it was Adrian Martinez who was actually just a triple-A pitcher, someone who uh, was probably – uh, if Vince Velasquez and Jake Arrieta weren't signed, maybe he would have been called up last year at some point. Uh, but anyway, they did apologize for that in the fifth inning. But I, I did think that was kind of funny that they no one alerted them like during the broadcast or in their ear or anything that um, that was not Nick Martinez. That was Adrian Martinez. But uh, they did apologize for that in the fifth inning. Adrian Martinez, though, getting back to Adrian, he did pitch a scoreless fourth inning. Uh, so, again, like I mentioned, wasn't AAA last year. Uh, I mentioned Emilio Pagano later in this game struck out the side in the seventh. Camposano struggled defensively. Uh, Voigt, obviously, like I mentioned, made his Padres spring training debut. Uh, he already has the beard growing in. Maybe here, let's see if I can find a, a picture here of Luke Voigt just to show you guys. Because on the Yankees, obviously, they have that no beard. Uh, policy, no mustache policy. And here's Luke Voigt. 
Let's see here. I'll try to share my screen. Hopefully the internet can cooperate with me tonight. There we go. So if you can see here, uh, Luke Voigt, you can see he has a little bit. He's already, you know, letting it loose a little bit here. It hasn't shaved. It doesn't look like since getting traded. Um, so he... I would he'll probably grow it out a little bit. I don't know how long, uh, but that's def it feels like that's a freedom in the in the off season, or when guys get traded, they always want to grow it out from the Yankees because they had to deal with that every day and shaving every day and all that. Uh, but Voigt made his spring training debut, walked, grounded out to second, probably going to be a DH this year, and I do see him hitting probably fourth behind, at least going into the year behind probably Grisham, Cronenworth, and Manny, and then in front of, I mean I prefer Myers behind him. If you're just going off of like power and like offense point of view, but if we're talking about like how they really emphasize the left-right splits and you know the doing left-right, left-right in the lineup because they don't want a like a hole where an opposing manager can bring in one reliever where like a lefty to face consecutive lefties, they don't want that to happen. So probably you'll see like it was today and see Hosmer divide the two righties, Voigt and Myers up. Uh, but I think this will be a similar outfield with Jake in the lineup, with Profar moved down, obviously, with Kim probably moved a little bit down, and Nola in there over Caratini. But you Darvish is on track to pitch opening day against the Diamondbacks. It seems, at least that's what it seems like. And so maybe they go Caratini, but Bob Mellon has been open saying that, hey, look, you're Darvish, you're not going to have Caratini catch you, you know? You can't count on Caratini being healthy the whole year, so you gotta be flexible. You gotta have other guys catch you in spring training to, to gain more of a chemistry with them, get a better relationship with them. Uh, and I think that's smart. I think that is a smart thing that Bob Melvin and the Padres coaching staff doing because he's right. Injuries are going to happen, as we saw last year. Caratini did stay pretty healthy last year, uh, but I wouldn't expect a catcher to just any of them to continuously just keep staying healthy as we've seen with Austin Nola he just has not really stayed healthy at all uh, in his Padres tenure after playing pretty dang well um, with the Seattle Mariners when he hit like over 280 uh, in 2020 before that trade that hasn't really netted great results for the Padres uh, Patrick what's up man uh, he says when Tatis comes back that's when I try. That's when I try Abrams in the outfield. Um, yes, but at the same time, like if we're gonna go off the you know the thought process that Kim's at short, Cronenworth's at second, Hosmer's at first, and Abrams continues to ball out offensively, then where? So you're you're gonna keep him in AAA? I don't think you do that. This guy has like five tool potential. Uh, when he gets stronger, he's already a four tool player in my opinion. Um, so. I don't think you just send him down if he's playing really well. I think you do have to try to find a spot for him. And I'm not saying you have to stop playing him in the infield. I think you should play him majority in the infield. But how about playing majority of the time in the infield in a game like tomorrow or something, and then in the eighth or ninth inning you slowly put him in the outfield or on the backfield drills um, after taking ground balls in the infield you go out there with Grisham and all of them and, uh, you know, take some outfield fly balls off a pitching machine or whatever drills they're doing. I don't think that hurts. I really don't. I really don't think that hurts. 
at least easing him in uh, slowly because I think at some point you're going to see him in the outfield, I think. Uh, unless somehow they trade Hosmer all of a sudden and Voigt stays at DH and then, you know, Abrams is at second all of a sudden, Tatis comes back, Kim's on the bench, Cronenworth's at first, unless that happens. But as things stand right now, it feels like Abrams will have to go to the outfield uh, to get, like, the consistent at-bats and all uh, the, the plate appearances and to really get the best, the most dynamic nine guys out there, uh, eight guys on the field with the pitcher. I think that's what you got to do. Uh, just seeing here, checking Twitter, seeing anything that I've missed here. Again, this is episode 131 of the Talking Fires podcast and YouTube show. Drop any questions you have on the YouTube comments. Uh, before we get out of here, I'll answer any more that you have. Just trying to see if we see anything else here, any more updates. Don't see anything yet. I'll check one more time here. Richard Blear and the Marlins had a contract extension today, two years, $6 million. I mentioned Rockies extending Ryan McMahon after adding Chris Bryant. Shane Baz of the Rays will be shut down two to three weeks. Cubs signed Stephen Brault, went to Grossmont High School, my rival high school uh, in uh, San Diego County. He's signing with the Cubs. See, Diamondback signed Oliver Perez uh, Perez to a minor league deal. Man, he's old, but he continues to pitch. So good for him. Josh asked, let's see here. Josh, thoughts on Nomar Mazzara? Good. I think I have a few thoughts. I think that he will be eventually, as things are going right now, I think he'll be the fifth outfielder on the roster just because he does have that major league experience. He can pinch hit. In a pinch, he can play the outfield, not the best, but he can play there. He has that home run potential. I know there's a lot of strikeout and whiff there, but he has that potential. And I think they need, for that fifth outfielder, they probably need just that power potential bat, not a Jake Marisnik type bat. So I think Noah Mazzara was obviously a low-risk thing. Obviously, when it's a minor league deal, there's no risk to it. I think he has a better chance of being that fifth outfielder than Trace Thompson, Clay's brother. Um... Just because Trace Thompson doesn't have the power, as big of a power potential as uh, Nomar Mazzara has and has shown at the big league level, uh, especially with the Rangers. Steve again asks, feelings on opening day left fielder? It seems like it's profile right now. I mean, if I had to bet and, and you include Tommy Pham in there, I'd put Tommy Pham because I just feel like that's under the, you know, they have $8.6 million in room according to Spot Track before they reach that uh, $200. $30 million competitive balance tax threshold uh, number before that Peter Seidler gets taxed. Uh, so I think the FAM contract, a one-year $4 or $5 million deal, something like that fits, maybe even $3 million because I just literally have not heard anything about his market, no other team's interested. I haven't heard anything, literally. Even the Padres have uh, interested. I haven't heard anything. So I think I'd probably say FAM that they'd get something done. I mean, obviously, I, I, I'd assume that he's working out and all that. Uh, he works his butt off, worked his butt off with the Padres. And I, I think that's definitely probably my leading possibility if you're including off-the-roster guys. But as of right now, if it's on the roster, it's pro far. And I don't know if, the, if I'd be that disappointed in that. I mean, 
Obviously, you'd rather have him in a versatility role and fam it in left, I would say. Uh, but maybe they're, they're just taking time to reach an agreement on terms. Or Preller is working behind the scenes on a trade that we're not that no reports have really came out about. So who knows? Preller really loves to think out of the box. So there, there's um, definitely a lot of possibilities for that left field position. What up, what's up? Yep, what's up? Uh, yeah, for, they, had, they had a great – the Padres had a great first inning today, yeah. Uh, four runs. Again, I think the Rockies had a sun ball there in Arizona, so um, – I mean, Hosmer had that liner off the right field wall, so it was a good first inning, but then not much after that. Uh, but it's a spring training game. It doesn't matter So, in terms of the score. Uh, but I think this has covered it. Uh, again, we wish all the best to Matt Williams. Hopefully he has a speedy recovery uh, after having that hip replacement surgery. Mike Schilt, though, great depth in the Padres coaching staff organization-wise. Organizational-wise. Uh, organizational coaching staff, player development, everything like that. So having a former manager be a third base coach and then have to be sidelined, but then you can just replace him with the former major league baseball manager. And then you have one of the best managers in the game with Bob Melvin. It puts, it puts uh, at least my mind more at ease there. Uh, but obviously, hopefully Matt Williams can get back in, and be the third base coach covered Abrams not immediately moving to the outfield at least uh, Paddock two innings on Sunday Martinez two innings on Sunday Weathers two innings on Sunday Darvish and Pagan looked good earlier today so this has been episode 131 of the Talking Fires podcast YouTube show Ben Fadner host presented by Gaglion Bros famous cheesesteaks and subs again located in Point Loma located Sports Arena located Peco Park go check them out gaglionbros.com to view their full menu Until next time, let's go Padres. Have a good night, everyone. Stay safe. See ya.